Welcome to Upbringing, where Hannah and Kelty, twins, mothers, and works in progress. Upbringing is a movement that empowers parents to grow up alongside their kids for sanity and social change. Through this podcast, speaking and coaching, we focus on our personal work as parents, the awareness, intention, and approach needed to raise amazing humans while we also get some shit done. Join us to radically redefine kids' resistance as an opportunity to nurture skills and values like consent, nonviolent communication, emotional intelligence, body positivity, and respect. We attempt this by practicing powers beyond control, evidence-based tools that protect our kids' personal freedoms, support their skill building, and better align with how we roll as people. To us, this is the practice of parenting, when we can choose trust over fear, connection over control, and progress over perfection. We're not just raising our kids, we're raising ourselves. Let's show up and grow up. After this brief intro, you'll hear the audio from our latest live Instagram Q&A. Our live sessions are so much fun. We basically Mm -hmm. show up and connect, commiserate, and build skills alongside our upbringing community. Folks write in ahead of time or chime in with questions and struggles around kids' big feelings and challenging behaviors. We typically explore five to 15 questions and offer our take, our instincts, our goals, helpful phrasing, and ways to parent with alignment and integrity using our resist approach. Thank you for being here and for supporting us. And if you'd like to give your family and upbringing some extra support, please visit our website at upbringing.co to learn about our upcoming membership community, as well as our shop, which is now full of informative guides and inspiring prints based on everything we've shared here on the podcast these past two years. Wow. Two years. (laughs) Thanks for growing up alongside us one conversation at a time. Here we go. Hey everyone, I'm Hannah, this is Kelty, we're Upbringing, we are live here talking spirited and sensitive kids. Yep, your kids, (laughs) our kids, all the kids, the child inside us. (laughs) Add sure. them right on in there. <laughs> um, I think we just got off one of our Spirited Kid Club sessions, Zoom calls. Um, we've got a few going on, and we're just feeling a lot of love for the Spirited Kids and for the parents of Spirited Kids. Yes. Yeah. Showing up and growing up with us uh, every week. Our Spirited Kids Club is yes. basically mini and small group coaching sessions. So you hop on Zoom with us and up to eight other people, and we all just get into it about what we're going through. We try to build skills and connection talking about those strong-willed, stubborn, insistent, persistent, resistant kids. I think the age range right now in most of our groups is from like 3 to 13. Mm-hmm. So it can be I think something anything. we all have in common. I think all mm-hmm. these parents in our spirited kid clubs and so many of you here in the upbringing community is realizing um, that you don't have a bad kid. You mm-hmm. don't, you're not a bad parent, but that your particular child or maybe children, if you have a few of them, uh, it's just more. They're mm-hmm. more, right? I feel like that's a word we hear <laughs> yeah. often from everyone. More persistent, resistant, sensitive, emotive, stubborn. Mm-hmm. You know, feelings are zero to 100. It's a roller coaster all day. Raise your hand. Raise your, your hand. Uh, if you're parenting a yeah. spirited child. Um, high energy is something we hear a lot from mm-hmm. sensitive and spirited kids. Super social, talkative, talkative. Mama, 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 mama. More, more, more. It's a lot of attention. Me. Want, want, want. Need, need, need. Right. And I mean, our conventional wisdom, which we've all been conditioned uh, to experience and believe, says you've got to shut that shit down. Mm-hmm. Spirited, sensitive kids 
are a curse to a family, right? They make Mm -hmm. us look bad in public. Mm -hmm. They make us so concerned about what they're going to be when they grow up, Mm -hmm. right? And then we also just have to parent them and like, you Mm -hmm. know, get our responsibilities through, meet all the needs, meet Mm -hmm. other kids' needs. Mm -hmm. You know, spirited kids get a a lot of flack. There is a lot of stigma associated with raising a child. Um, We've got some hands up Mm -hmm. here um, that is spirited and sensitive. And I think Mm -hmm. so much about the work Kelty and I are doing here with upbringing and that I think appeals to so many of you is redefining our children in that way and Mm -hmm. seeing their spiritedness how they express themselves mm-hmm. and seeing their sensitivity, how they experience the world. Yeah, right? that's what we talk about the, as, as amazing, amazing and beautiful. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> we can just wrap up that thought for you. But I think that our sensitive and spirited kids, so they they take in more, they notice more, and they feel it very deeply, mm-hmm. right? And then they so so give an example of that. Oh my, right? Any example? <laughs> I mean, they they can feel controlled more easily, so they don't mm-hmm. like that, right? Mm-hmm. They can feel offended or get their feelings hurt more mm-hmm. easily. They're sensitive to sounds or tastes mm-hmm. or their touches n- or fabrics. It's like they have more antenna, mm-hmm. basically, right? Mm-hmm. And then, so that's just how our kids experience the world. It's just mm-hmm. very strongly. Mm-hmm. And then how they express that experience mm-hmm. to the world is the spiritedness that we like yeah. to say. And that, you know, is the whining, the screaming, the yelling, the hitting, the insisting, the resisting, the persisting. The rude all words. Things. All the stuff. The pushing yeah. the boundaries. It's a because lot. It's a lot. And it's we just want to say that we see you and that it can be incredibly exhausting. It can make us fierce spiral Mm -hmm. about, like you said, Han, who are they going to become? How are they going to be showing up in the world as adults if this is what they're looking like now, whether they're three or or 13? It can only get worse. Right? That's that's the fear in our head says that, right? And I think that, that often we also are coming from a place of having a couple kids who aren't sensitive and spirited and then this next one comes and we're just like what or my sister mm-hmm. has kids who don't resist persist insist and ruin my day mm-hmm. the way the way she does so a lot of us think what's wrong with me like what am i doing wrong right what am i cursed what's wrong with them what's wrong with me what's wrong with our dynamic our situation we're here to say yeah. nothing's wrong yeah. but we can still work and grow a lot mm-hmm. right right and i think this isn't about like based on the conventional wisdom, like fix it, change Mm -hmm. them, right? This isn't a a parenting approach that we talk about here, upbringing and work in Mm -hmm. our spirited kids club sessions to say, how can I manipulate my child to get them to do things, to Mm -hmm. change who they are, to get on board with my agenda, Mm -hmm. right? The beauty that we we call people in to understand is to realize that our spirited kids are changing us. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They're fixing us. They're, they're, we are evolving because of them. They, mm-hmm. they call us in to show up and grow up in a way that a lot of other kids don't, right? Mm-hmm. And that can be a rude awakening. That can be very challenging, mm-hmm. but it can also be life-changing, not just for us mm-hmm. personally in reparenting ourselves and building skills we didn't even know we needed, right? Not just to parent, but to be a person, right? Mm-hmm. But also we're changing the relationship we can have with our child we're changing the child we're raising mm-hmm. in a way that can understand themselves, they can love themselves, and they can advocate for the sensitive nervous systems that they were born with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's research yeah. out there that, that says that kids who have that sensitive and spirited temperament, that sensitive nervous system, who have a supportive parent by their side, actually have better outcomes than non-sensitive and spirited kids, right? So that support element is the key. That's us. That's where we come in. 
And like you said, Han, show up and grow up mm-hmm. to build skills with them, right? Yeah. They ask us to develop more patience because it's tested so often. <laughs> they ask us to let go of our ego in a way that we have to because otherwise we'd be taking everything personally all day, mm-hmm. right? They ask us to become more um, empathetic, compassionate people because they are constantly suffering through life, mm-hmm. right? What about innovative? Oh gosh, innovative too. Yeah. We have to work through problems with them. We have to compromise. We have to get creative. We have to use humor, right? Mm -hmm. We have to do all of this stuff because our spirited kids ask it of us. They push us to do these things Mm -hmm. and it's all good. The hard stuff's the good stuff, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So I think that Han and I like talking about our own stories and how we kind of like got going into all of this. The differences between our kids, we each have two. They're Mm -hmm. five and seven and five and seven, shocker. But we have really different experiences from when they were little babies to how how a normal day or an average day now goes, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I remember with my daughter who was born, I was like, wow, this parenting thing is kind of hard. It's like no joke. Mm-hmm. It's a little tricky with this baby, right? Mm-hmm. Gosh, I've got to feed her all the time. I've got to God, put her down all the time. Sometimes she's a little upset and, mm-hmm. oh, you know, we've got to drive her places and sometimes she like squirks from the back seat a little and Mm -hmm. you know oh it's hard and then kelty's daughter was born like Mm -hmm. six months later yeah it was it was like oppositeville yeah it was it was like everything was hard harder much harder (laughs) much harder (laughs) and i think right away we were like oh i don't want to get into this comparative suffering thing yeah i know this is still hard for you but look at my life like what's going on my daughter cried at everything Right? right? Her nervous system was so sensitive, she had to basically tea kettle herself to sleep, which she then would pick up on in the middle of sleep or at the end when she woke up. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm awake. Ah! Right. right? Every car ride was full screaming unless she was asleep. What else? She was mm-hmm. just needy. She just mm-hmm. needed me. She just fussed all the time. She cried really hard. She liked you to lot. play with her by, right by mm-hmm. her side so my kids could play babies could play Mm -hmm. independently lie do Mm -hmm. tummy time do their stuff Mm -hmm. kelsey's kids really struggled right Mm -hmm. that way and you know we each had our second kids two years later our Mm -hmm. sons and they were very similar so Mm -hmm. my son was similar to my daughter and being more easygoing more flexible Mm -hmm. lower frustration level Mm -hmm. low emotions would go up and they'd come right back down i remember you'd just pick him up he'd be screaming and you'd pick him up and he'd just go and, and just, just stop crying, right? And it wasn't, we st- began to realize very mm-hmm. quickly, it wasn't because I was a more skilled parent than Kelty mm-hmm. or my partner was a more skilled par- you know, parent than Kelty's partner. Mm-hmm. It was really the temperament and the nervous system of our of our babies and of our, our kids eventually that we realized they have different needs. We cannot put this parenting thing onto every child the same way. Yeah. This is right? not a one size fits all thing. No. I, I realized pretty quick my kids have some needs that I'm not sure about. They've got some stuff going on <laughs> that I need to understand better. I need to figure out how to support them. Right. And we can see them as unique people. We're raising our kids exactly the same way, same approach, everything, but it felt very different. Right. right. And I think it really easily we could have been like, so Kelty's kids are different and they obviously just need to be told. They're just demon that, spawn. Right, obviously. That they <laughs> need to shape up or ship out. Right. We just need to be harder on them than mm-hmm. we are on my easier kids. Mm-hmm. Right. That's the control method we talk about a lot. Mm-hmm. We have that fear. It's it's based in the belief that if we don't use control and stop their behaviors, it's all about the behaviors and what we see on the surface, mm-hmm. that the fear is that they're going to become abusive, selfish, 
uh, not resilient, narcissistic, narcissistic, all of these things, right? So that fear is guiding so much of the parenting approach with the control approach. Mm -hmm. And we luckily were in, in into this kind of respectful parenting, mindful parenting, baby stuff that, that segued us into toddlerhood mm -hmm. and doing even more work, realizing this was our calling, right? Mm -hmm. But realizing, where was I going with that? That I don't know. You <laughs> not the control method. It's not going to work. That we right? had to do the opposite. That yeah. our belief had to not be founded in fear, but it had to be founded in trust and mm -hmm. respect. And realizing that when we have trust and respect for these spirited kids that are pushing us to our limit, oh my gosh, we can actually support them in a way that actually works with their nervous systems rather than against their nervous systems. That actually feels the, helps them feel like they love themselves rather than shamed and hating themselves. Mm -hmm. That actually helps them feel like they're connected to their attachment figure and loved and seen by someone in relationship rather than constantly judged and changed and controlled. Mm -hmm. It flipped the entire script and dynamic about what we thought parenting needed to be. Mm -hmm. And it's changed us fundamentally. And that's why we're doing this work at Upbringing. And that's why we love doing this work with all of you here in these live sessions, mm -hmm. the, through the podcast, in the small group coaching, in the one-on-one -on -one coaching, eventually in our membership community. Mm -hmm. We're excited because that's the thing that unites all of us is saying, yeah. we're, we are the parent of spirited kids. And what are we going to do about it? Yeah. How are we going to show up and grow up alongside our kids in this process? Yeah. How can we sort of reclaim or redefine the situation to feel proud of our kids, mm -hmm. proud of that spirit, proud of their rudeness, their authority, their entitlement, mm -hmm. all of these things that we're like, oh, those are all terrible words. Mm -hmm. How can we be proud of that spirit, that flame, mm -hmm. and not feel the need to extinguish it, but lean in and help our kids get connected to it themselves? What am I needing? What am I wanting? How's that impacting others? What's going on here? What do I need to calm myself down? What do I need to problem solve through this? What do I need to feel safe in my body when I'm not feeling safe? Right. We call that the inner wisdom and authority that we're encouraging our, our spirited and sensitive kids to get in tune with and to build. And meanwhile, we're still setting loving limits mm -hmm. around our parental responsibilities, mm -hmm. right? So we can go into a few examples. Some of you are typing in here some of your challenges, mm -hmm. and we can put that into a sensitive and spirited kid context if you want. That could be really fun, but sure. Let I, us know what you're going through with your, your sensitive and spirited mm -hmm. kids, what's happening. Yeah, but I just, I wanted to just, um, since we're talking about the club and the sessions yeah. and all of that, any other things you wanted to add, Kel? Oh, or do you just feel check like it out on our website. Yeah. Join the club. There's just <laughs> such, such amazing camaraderie and so many people saying that they feel so seen and so understood and so much more prepared to go connect instead of correct with their kid, to build skills alongside them and to just feel better, mm -hmm. right? When they feel better, they do better, parents. And when our kids feel better, they do better. Right. So that's what so much of these Spirited Kid, Kid Club sessions are helping people do is just feel better and accept what's going on and then what's next, mm -hmm. right? Moving through the day. Right. So our first question here, someone says, how do you get a spirited nine-year-old to do household chores? My daughter refuses to do anything to help out. And that is a classic spirited kid. Mm -hmm. I think it's a classic parent saying, how do I get them to do something, mm -hmm. right? That's what goes through our minds. Oh my gosh, if, if I can't motivate my child to clean up and do household contributions, what's gonna happen? Mm -hmm. Not only is it a pain because I'm doing everything, not only am I modeling that like, you know, maybe women do all of the work in the house or something mm -hmm. like that, 
but what they're not building any skills they're not building any value and not building any practicing habits oh my gosh they're going to be slobs they're going to be dumping their stuff on other people someday the mm-hmm. fears are really real and that's what can motivate us to say how can i get them to do it i want to control essentially right mm-hmm. and so the nine-year-old also spirited nine-year-old not wanting to do any of the chores and i think that calls into question any perceived control that our spirited kids experience. If they think we have an agenda, if they think that we want to get them to do something, if we want them to do something, they are They're far like, more likely to no control, to, to resist, yeah. right? And so that's why we, we're like spirited kids resistance is critical. We love talking about mm-hmm. resistance and how beautiful it is and how we want to welcome it in our spirited kids because it's a beautiful information to us that we may be over controlling. Mm-hmm. It's a reminder that spirited kids give us on the daily that says, uh, 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 not so fast. You are pushing me to do something I don't want to do or not ready to do mm-hmm. or don't have emotional uh, buy-in yet, mm-hmm. or I don't have enough agency around or I don't have enough information about. They're very conscientious consumers mm-hmm. from the start. Mm-hmm. So they ask us to get our shit together and say, how can I not get them to do something but help them want to want to do it. And I'm sure that's probably what you mean, Christina, at this point, thinking about how can I support an intrinsic motivation from my child? Because spirited kids being told what to do, how to do it, when to do it, not only is it trying to just treat them like robots and minions, but they won't actually do it. A lot of other kids will just be like, oh, something's gonna get taken away or I get something to do chores, okay. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, we're conditioning them to be in a what's in it for me or what What am I afraid of like mentality mm-hmm. growing up. That's not ideal either. Yeah. But the spirited kids are like, blow that all to shit. Mm-hmm. I don't care if I get something or lose something. You're mm-hmm. not going to tell me what to do, mom. Yeah, I think right? that's something we hear often is the kids saying, don't tell me what to do. Yeah. Right? And I think that that means, like you said, Hand, we're imposing an agenda from a hierarchical point of view. So we try to get side by side. Mm-hmm. We try to make things collaborative. We try to create positive associations. We try to model our butts off mm-hmm. instead of making, you know, cleaning up a chore, mm-hmm. like you said. We make it just part of what we do. And we do it. And it feels good. And we don't hold them to it. We don't sign our names in stone saying this is our family job. We all clean up. Mm-hmm. We say... We have cleanup time together. Do you want to help out? And they say, no, I'm going to sit here and watch you clean up. That's what my son does. Mm-hmm. He's like, I didn't make that mess. I didn't do that. But I'll, I'll be here. I'm like, great. You can watch me. <clears throat> Loving cleaning up so much. I think right? so much here, too, is this This could be a spirited nine-year-old. And I have a feeling it's also a sensitive nine-year-old. Mm-hmm. So not only do spirited kids are like, don't tell me what to do. Mm-hmm. But the sensitive perspective of that is saying, I'm perceiving it as pressure and an Mm -hmm. expectation if you want me to do this. And it stresses me out. Mm -hmm. And how well am I going to perform or do things if I feel stressed or expected and there's pressure put on me? So I think talk about the invitation a lot. Sometimes we're like, oh, it's a a demand. That didn't go over very well. It's a request. That Mm -hmm. probably still didn't go over that well. We could try an invitation. Mm-hmm. Right. And if that doesn't go over well, then we try modeling. Right. Mm-hmm. But we all also talk about like, imagine your spirited kid as a house. Mm-hmm. And most other kids, you can just knock on the front door and be to like, come hey, in. I need this. Hey, I need you to do this or I need you to stop doing this. And we just say it in very plain language. For example, Hannah's kids will say, I can even say, it's time to put your shoes on. And they'll go, okay. And like tears like shoot out of my eyes when they say that because it's so foreign to me. <laughs> right. And so, but that's the front, straight, right through the front door. door. You just say it and they do it. Maybe they open the door a little before they let you all the way Yeah, maybe they're like, eh, okay, Mm -hmm. right? 
But spirit insensitive kids need us to put a little bit more effort in, be a little cooler, be a little more subtle, slip a little note under the door metaphorically. Spirit insensitive kids make us want to barge down the door, (laughs) kick it down, the control approach. If you won't let me in, then I will barge my way in. We are going to raid this house. Right, right. But that doesn't go so well either. They will burn down their own house. Right. So, like Kelty said, we want to be subtle. They call us into nuance, Mm -hmm. they call us into respect, ultimately. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I could get away with such disrespectful parenting with my kids compared to Kelty's kids. Mm-hmm. They have such a fierce sense of justice, mm-hmm. right? And 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 um a sense of their own rights mm-hmm. as people that we call it their personal freedoms, right? Yeah, they do. So we gotta go about that a little more sensitively. Yeah. So metaphorically, that would be slipping a note under the door. It would be over on the swing on the side of the house, kind of waving. It would be shooting a little stone up to the attic window, like hello. Mm-hmm. Right? It's it's showing, it's inviting mm-hmm. with our with our demeanor, with our words, with our our ambiance, the environment, inviting them to come out and join us. And I think when it comes to contributions and family stuff, maybe there's been some perceived control, maybe there have been some negative associations. We have to maybe backtrack with a nine-year-old mm-hmm. and say a real conversation or written out mm-hmm. in a note that they can read. You know, I used to kind of feel this pressure and to want you, mm-hmm. right, to do these things. Or we, we set up an agreement already mm-hmm. and, you know, it seems like you're not really wanting to do them anymore or whatever it is. What can we do? What, what could help you? Is it that you want to do them at different times so that mm-hmm. you want to do them? in different ways. Mm-hmm. I want to support you, right? Mm-hmm. This isn't something you have to do because that adds more pressure. Or you promise to do it and you're not doing it. Oh, more that pressure. kind of tone makes me be like, Ugh. So we have to remember our vibe and our approach with our kids and in bringing them in to join mm-hmm. us, not getting them to do family chores, but bringing them in to mm-hmm. build the skill is helping them feel safe first, to feel security. And kids will feel security through connection, through creativity, through collaboration, Mm -hmm. through creativity, through humor, through agency, right? So what is is your kid needing is the question. There's no right answer with expensive and spirited kids. We have to just create a safe place to talk about it. And sometimes that's letting go of contributions for a few weeks to just let let the the old vicious cycle die out. And then coming back to the table, right? And starting yeah. fresh. I like Not that. just them starting fresh, us as the parents starting yeah. fresh also, right? I know how I hear this, this old parent voice say, you need to change your attitude, right? Mm-hmm. Attitude change. And I think that's, that's advice that we can be taking as the parent too. Sure. You know, we talk about <clears throat> that starting fresh, thinking what is this, this dynamic that we've gotten stuck into? We talk often about it being like a script, mm-hmm. but we're like the writer, the director, the stagehand, mm-hmm. the main actor, the lead, and we're Producer. handing out all the scripts. Mm-hmm. So I say this, then you say this, then you say this, then you say this, or we're like, gosh, it's been kind of hijacked. Mm-hmm. I had all the scripts out and now they're going off, off page. And you're just like, what kind of monster mess has this now become? What can we do about it? And we say, tear it up. Tear up the script. Tear it all up. Just shred it and enter this new phase of an improv routine where you're working with collaborators on stage. You don't know what they're going to bring. You don't know how it's going to go down. It's going to be cool. You're going to look forward to it instead of dread it. Right. Right? If you can. (laughs) It's tough, though. I'm thinking, too, like one final thought here. I, I think that. So much about us spirited and sensitive kids is that they remind us that there's physical readiness for mm-hmm. toileting, uh, independent sleep, co- family contributions, cleaning up, tying shoes, tying getting shoes, dressed, doing all these stuff. 
but they remind us so often that there's emotional readiness Mm -hmm. and we have to respect their emotional readiness to do things that have to do with their body and especially around areas that we want them to ultimately have a positive and intrinsically motivated association. So that's their Mm -hmm. self-care routine. That's their eating vegetables, Mm -hmm. food routine. That's their getting themselves ready for school routine. Mm -hmm. That's their family contributions. We can't force them or push them too hard or expect them even. Mm -hmm. Maybe this nine-year-old who's refusing, she's not being over-controlled and she's really just not wanting to do it. That's okay. If you have too many toys to clean up yourself, we as parents can take matters into our own hands and reduce the number of toys, mm-hmm. right? We can think about ways uh, to, to make it easier on ourselves while trusting. We would trust if they weren't ready to talk yet, we would be like, oh, what can I do to They're support? They're still stumbling reading. I'm not gonna right. to go hard on them with, it, with their reading. I'm not gonna go hard on them with, oh, they don't know how to use buttons yet. All these physical things, right? We're like, we go easy. We trust in their their process of learning, that it's mm-hmm. ongoing, right? And that it's inner motivated, that they have to want to do it, mm-hmm. to do it consistently and well. Yeah, you right? bring up a good topic though, Hannah, is the, the skill versus value that always yeah. comes up. So naturally we can be like, oh, I just want to push this skill, toothbrush. Get it right? done. Get it done. I want to push this skill. Clean up your room. You got to know you can't be a slob. Right. right? Uh, we push the skill so hard. The visible behavior. Sometimes um, risking that the underlying value isn't there because we're creating a negative association with that control. We're saying, brush those teeth. You better brush those teeth because this, or if you haven't cleaned your room, no more TV. Right. So we're mm-hmm. saying, because cleaning your room sucks so much, mm-hmm. I might take something away about it. Not because cleaning your room feels so good. I'm going to clean my room. Let's talk about it. Or gosh, it felt so good having fresh teeth. Mm-hmm. Do you want to smell my breath? It just seems so permissive and passive to Mm -hmm. be doing this type of parenting, to say that using control and pressuring my child to to get this habit down right away, right? That's my goal. But our goal really we have Mm -hmm. to remember is the invisible work underneath of actually knowing themselves, actually wanting to do these things. Those are the skills that are gonna make or break their adulthood, not Mm -hmm. whether they know how to brush their teeth, They know how to brush their teeth already. Mm -hmm. What we want to be supporting them is understanding why they don't want to do it, why they don't want to clean up yet. Mm -hmm. What's what's the obstacle in their way and how can we support them in raising their awareness and innovating through that obstacle? That's that that tough middle ground that we do here, this work where normally we're conditioned to either put so much pressure and control, control, control in the white patriarchal hierarchy, right? Or we're just fucking let it go. Oh my God, I can't handle this. Sensitive and spirited kids mm-hmm. challenging me on everything. So I don't want to, I'm going to pick it's my exhausting. battles or whatever. Yeah. It's exhausting. I'm just going to let it all go. Right. And the work is right in between. The work is in the middle that says, I'm not letting this go, but I'm not going to dominate my child. Mm-hmm. We're going to work together. Right. right? I'm not going to create a negative association by over controlling. And I'm not going to create no association by not supporting them. Mm-hmm. I'm going to find that middle way by finding ways to connect with them about it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah, someone says, my toddler started throwing temper tantrums like he folds his arms mad and won't walk. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. So a temper tantrum is when our kids' brains are dysregulated, right? Basically, they're stuck. They're, right. The, the demands of the outside world have exceeded their capacity to meet them, right? right. So we don't, we don't like to say they're throwing it's it or they're manipulating. This isn't yeah. intentional. Even if it's like, I wanted that cookie, you didn't give it to me then I have these big feelings. It's still not intentional. It's dysregulation, right? 
It's their body getting so angry about something, having Mm -hmm. a feeling or a need that's so strong that they go into fight, flight, freeze, faint, right? So a a little kid might start hitting, right? So that's fight. Mm -hmm. Another kid might run away or ignore you. Mm -hmm. That's flight. Mm -hmm. This kid might freeze and be like, I'm stuck here. I'm not moving, Mm -hmm. right? I'm stuck. I literally can't move. I'm stuck. No, 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 Mm -hmm. no, no. These are these mechanisms that we use as adults and as kids to try and create safety when our nervous systems feel very unsafe. Mm -hmm. So this uh, uh, toddler who's um, having a, we call it meltdown or dysregulation, Mm -hmm. or we say struggling, Mm -hmm. right? Or really stressed. We see that those wild behaviors or big feelings is information that they need support. And they need connection, not correction. Mm-hmm. Especially the spirited kids right. need more connection to feel that safety. Safety and security is what will help kids move forward with us, yeah. will help kids learn, will help kids feel better to do better. Right. That's so the point. In those moments when our kids are dragging their feet or they're saying no, 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 or they're resisting anything, right? We've been conditioned to use the control toolbox, which is consequences on my terms now, threats, rewards, overpower, <laughs> lectures. Shame, blame, spanking, timeouts, all of those things. Right away, we're like, I have an agenda. We need to cross the street. And they're stopping and saying no. So I'm just like, what, what can I take away? Or I'll say, why aren't you walking? Or let's go or else. Those are the things I'll that put pop the into responsibility on the child. Right. I'm going to push the child beyond what they're able to do right now. They're struggling. But instead, we're going to use our resist approach or another kind of gentle, respectful approach that is evidence-backed, research-based. All of these connective, nonviolent communication type approaches say... I'm going to look truly to the human in front of me, see that they're struggling, and like you said, Han, connect instead of correct. Right. Create safety that will help them bring their their, their brain online to the prefrontal cortex that they're that they're lacking in building, mm-hmm. and it'll it'll do that work in decision making, mm-hmm. judgment, regulation, mm-hmm. right? All those things, communication. Our kids are living in their hind brains, their reactive fight, flight, freeze, faint brains most of the time. And our work isn't to punish them for that. Our work is to create safety, to bring them to the front part of their uh, brains that need the work, that need the skill building. Yeah, but I think that 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 first step is acceptance of the moment. And I think so often Mm -hmm. when our kids resist us, the first overriding feeling is, no, 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 no. This can't (laughs) be real. And so that's our biggest task is right away yeah. convincing ourselves that this is real and this is okay. And I'm going to work on accepting it so that we can actually move forward and grow together. Right. Seeing these these mm-hmm. tricky behaviors, big feelings, meltdowns mm-hmm. of our sensitive and spirited kids as opportunities, not mm-hmm. things to avoid and then connect about. We have other connection later. Mm-hmm. We learn at school. Mm-hmm. But no. These problems, these problematic moments with our kids are actually moments that we can build our relationship and build their skills in ways that are going to see them through mm-hmm. in, in life stuff that's not taught in school. Yeah. They're not going to learn that in school. They get to learn it at home with us as we're learning it as adults, right? Yeah. yeah. It's so easy to think, too, that through that control method, all I need to teach them is when we're walking, <laughs> you have to walk. Or all I have to teach them is through the control method, lectures, consequence all the things don't hit your brother mm-hmm. or you can't touch that that's the lesson but there's so much more learning that can happen basically when we use the control method it shuts down their learning mm-hmm. but the majority of what they learn is i'm not worthy right. i'm not good i can't control my impulses and when that happens my behaviors and words mad. that are developmentally appropriate by the way mm-hmm. mean i'm less lovable mean i'm less worthy mean mm-hmm. i'm less valued mm-hmm. when i have no control over it 
And that is not what we want our kids to be feeling and learning about themselves mm-hmm. or learning about us. Yeah. That when I struggle, my parents don't love me as much. When I struggle, they don't want to help me. When I struggle, I have to hide that struggle. Otherwise, I get in trouble. I have to hide that struggle. Struggle, Otherwise, I feel like crap, mm-hmm. right? We don't want our kids to hide their struggles. We don't want our kids to hide their feelings and shove them down. Mm-hmm. The work, like Kelty said, and through the resist approach and the, the work we do in these spirited kid club sessions is saying, let's set the behaviors aside. Let's keep everyone safe. But our work as parents is the inner work with our kids in understanding their needs, understanding their feelings, mm-hmm. perspective taking other feelings, creating safety around conflict and challenges so that they're going to want to stay there and work through shit as mm-hmm. they get older. Mm-hmm. When we create negative associations around challenges, so it could be hitting, you know, kicking, refusing to do stuff, harmful words. When we create a negative association using punishment in the control method, we're telling our kids stay away from this. Don't learn anything, run mm-hmm. away from it, feel like crap or blame other people. Mm-hmm. And we don't wanna raise a generation of people that either blame themselves or others for everything. We wanna raise a generation of people who say everyone has needs, everyone's needs matter. I feel safe in conflict and uncomfortable feelings and mm-hmm. in, um, in kind of in ambiguity mm-hmm. and indecision. And I, and I have skills in conflict resolution, in knowing how I feel, that inner wisdom, mm-hmm. communicating how I feel, that inner authority, and recognizing both of those things in other people. Mm-hmm. Those are the life skills that nobody teaches mm-hmm. and that we teach in our sensitive, spirited kid clubs here in the lives. Mm-hmm. That's the work we're doing. Yeah. Someone yeah. says, my four-year-old won't wash his hands, comes up with lots of excuses. For example, I'll use the potty <clears throat> instead of the toilet, then I don't have to touch anything. Mm-hmm. We've tried a trickle of water. He said he didn't like getting his shirt wet. Colorful soap sitting on the floor until it's done. Not gentle, but sometimes you have to wash your hands. It's mm-hmm. rough. We do lots of empathizing. You don't like being told what to do, etc. He wishes mm-hmm. he, washes. Uh, he washes them fine at Montessori. Oh, of course he that's does. my son. Are you describing <laughs> so, my son? So that's pretty amazing to realize that that our kids can code switch. And mm-hmm. so they'll they'll wash their hands. They'll be safe. They're not mm-hmm. going to be a disgusting germ person mm-hmm. later in life. They're going to comport themselves. The socialization process is complete. Mm-hmm. So take comfort in that. Mm-hmm. And then knowing that at home, it's different. It feels mm-hmm. different. It works differently at home as well. And I yeah. love, I want to acknowledge the innovation that you're putting in mm-hmm. to helping your child, your four-year-old who doesn't want to wash his hands, feel more like he can participate, like it's more suiting him. Mm-hmm. And my question is just, why do you think he doesn't like washing his hands? Mm-hmm. Is it a sensory situation where that's often the mm-hmm. case? Is it just the perceived control from a parental figure? Is it the nagging like, reminder after each bathroom trip? Is it the reminder? It, are you talking too much about it or mm-hmm. lecturing too much about it, focusing mm-hmm. on the information too much mm-hmm. rather than maybe just holding that loving limit? Like we just don't leave the bathroom till it's done. Mm-hmm. You know, what is it? I think that's what you would do probably, Hannah, is hold the loving limit and don't leave the bathroom till it's done. And my son would and just, I would just like, lovingly yeah. just sit there and be like, we're here, you know, or, or he'd be, we'd be like, up, 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 what's missing? What do we need to do? Mm-hmm. And my kids get guided back, right? Mm-hmm. And then other times I'll talk to them about germs. We'll talk about other things. So that that's planted in their head, not about them, but about germs in general. Mm-hmm. So they think about those things. And yeah. then they're like, they actually police themselves about it. But I would never trap my kids in the bathroom. That That's just like asking for a total meltdown, yeah. um, forcing them to stay in the bathroom until their hands are washed. Right. So I have to, I would say just if, if your kid's more like that, just keep working it. 
Sometimes I'll just get a little bit of sanitizer and just be like, I've got some sanitizer. And I just mm -hmm. kind of hold his hands and he kind of wriggles away like that. And I'm like, I got some on. We're good. Or before we have snack, we got to go wash hands. I'm not sure if you washed after mm -hmm. bathroom. So let's make sure those are clean before the snacks come out. Right. So, so no it's snack. It's delayed. Till, right. Till washing hands. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I hope that helps a little bit. It's Someone really said, tricky. my two and a half year old is very strong willed and will not get dressed, undressed, in the bath, in the car, just anything sometimes. I stay very calm and try everything. She thinks it's a game or resists. We would mm -hmm. love to have you in the Spirited Kids Club. Mm -hmm. She sounds like a gem. She mm -hmm. sounds amazing. And it sounds like transitions are tricky, which mm -hmm. transitions are very tricky for spirited and sensitive kids. Mm -hmm. Moving from one thing to the next is very discombobulating. Mm -hmm. Having expectations of you to do something or undo something, right? feels stressful. I think oftentimes our kids' stress language comes into play here as well, not just mm -hmm. nervous systems, but how our kids express the stress. Everyone has a different stress behavior. So when our kids are just feeling unstressed, general life stuff, maybe haven't regulated their nervous system mm -hmm. um, so that they feel balanced. So having done enough physical movement or laughing movement or crying, whatever it is, mm -hmm. to balance that nervous system, they, their stress behavior comes out. So maybe they start hitting things or just kind of like destroying random things in the house. Mm -hmm. Maybe they start getting pokey and start saying mean things to their sibling or to you. Mm -hmm. It's all stress language. Maybe they just dig in their heels. That's their like, nope, don't want to do it. I don't feel good, right? That's mm -hmm. how I tend to be when I'm, um, when I'm stressed out. I start saying no to everything and everybody. Mm -hmm. I feel cornered. I just want to hide under the covers, mm -hmm. right? That's a really common stress language. And so maybe it's a stress language that your child is is showing that they've just got some stress. Mm -hmm. So taking whatever around our kids' stress behavior, taking a little more time if and when we can. I know we don't always have it. Taking time, mm -hmm. you know, really relaxing in our in our approach, our right? energy. If your child mm -hmm. is laughing about it and kind of thinking it's a game, she could be feeling anxiety. So a lot of times kids will be laughing and <laughs> because they're kind of anxious. Or they could really think it's a game that they're testing because they want to know, is mom going to do a loving follow through with these things? Mm -hmm. So a lot of times our kids will push, push, push in these moments because they're like, "Is when is she going to, is she going to let me not get dressed or get dressed? Or is she going to force me to do it and get angry? Mm -hmm. So I would get really clear on what your limits are, mm -hmm. right? And when those limits happen and be able to lovingly follow through before you get angry so that you're not kind of creating a little cycle. Mm -hmm. So if it, she doesn't want to get in her car seat, for example, so you've made it a positive association, you have a game going. She knows the plan. Knows the plan, whatever it is, mm -hmm. and she runs out of the house and around to the other side of the car, right? Mm -hmm. I would do one option of like, little bird or whatever game you're playing, come mm -hmm. on in, can you come in? And she doesn't say anything. So you say, okay, well, if you can't come in like a little bird, I'm gonna come and help you into the car. And so then you're showing her through that loving follow through, this is what happens. I no, nothing about you. I'm going to loving follow through and be consistent before I lose my shit and get really angry. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. It's hard though. I mean, run the resist approach, download it on yeah. our website for free. It's basically a, a loose six step model for a conversation based in respect, based in collaboration, based yeah. in innovation and empathy. There's some setting some limits and boundaries in there too. But it's telling our kids, I, I want to work with you, not against you. We can be side by side in this. I'm still in charge, right? But I don't have to control you about yeah. it. And maybe we're back to the invitation too. Mm -hmm. You didn't mention how you invite your child. 
Mm-hmm. Sensitive and spirited kids really don't do well with it's time it's to time. whatever. Remember, it's time. You need to get, get the pants on. Right. Go to the bathroom. We gotta go. We're running late. We gotta go. That just right? that's inflammatory, stress. right? To sensitive and spirited kids. Yeah. It Yay! Just, we would love you to join the club. Yay! Um, yeah. But it just amps up the stress. So working on our invitation, working on our vibe. Mm-hmm. on all of those things at the pre-end and then working on the loving follow-through and, and a loving follow-through can also have nothing to do with our kid and can be a, a, as simple as putting all the clothes in a bag and moving everyone to the door mm-hmm. and put the clothes on in the car, put the clothes on at grandma's or put the clothes on at daycare, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I feel so often that we, we get stuck in these transitional moments and we see all these obstacles and it has to be They haven't peed. They haven't put their, their clothes on. The ones that I chose, they haven't brushed their hair yet. Right. We add those obstacles. They haven't put their <laughs> socks and shoes on. Those shoes, not those ones. We are creating those obstacles, right? Our expectations are roadblocks mm-hmm. to success with our sensitive and spirited kids right. who call us out. And they're like, all of this is crap. And I shouldn't mm-hmm. have to do any Did of it. Did not choose this. And I feel controlled. And so yeah. I, I shall resist, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Should we wrap this up a little bit? Let's do it. Thank you all for being here today. You could be, you can watch, blah, blah, blah. you can watch this um, on our Instagram uh, tab all the way through, or mm-hmm. listen to it again, or send it to someone on our podcast. Um, anything else we want to mention? No. You're doing an amazing job. Mm-hmm. If no one has told you today, or this week, or this month, or this year, or ever. You are parenting a spirited kid and you are doing an incredible job. There's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with your child. You guys can get through this together and not just survive, but thrive, right? Mm -hmm. Building that awareness, building those skills, right? Side by side together, right? We're here to do that with you. Mm -hmm. We see you, we get you. We love talking about this. We love your spirited kids. We love them. We love them so much. So Mm -hmm. come join our Spirited Kids Club. We still got a handful of um, openings for August and we'll be opening the dates for September as well. Um, It was really lovely chatting with you all today. Thanks for being here. We'll see you again soon.